Blog Talk Radio. If anybody want the Lord to make him over, just begin to celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Like the page. 
And you can email us at wordfromgod3 at aol.com. Uh, on that page, you can check out our ad costs and our advertisement page on our website. And if you would like to have your church event or your business announced on the air, or if you are a recording artist and would like to have your CD played uh, on the air, Christian CDs, of course, A Word From God. Please go to a word from God. Um, dot webs dot com and you can check out all of our advertising costs and or you can email me at a word from God three at aol dot com. Also on Wednesday mornings I do a business show starting at ten AM Central Standard Time, ten o'clock in the morning. I do this business show for business owners or people in ministry uh, who would like to come on the air and be interviewed. Uh, that particular day, that whole show is dedicated to you and your business. Uh, it gives people opportunity if they would like to call in and talk with you about your business. But I do interview you, and I give you an opportunity to share uh, what it is that you're doing. And this particular radio broadcast goes all over the world. So people will, all over the world will actually get a chance to hear about your business or your ministry or your new CD or your new book, however, uh, whatever it is that you would like me to talk with you about. So if this is something that you're interested in, I would ask that you would go to our website, awordfromgod.webs.com. Go to our ad and advertising cost page, and all the pricing information that you will need is found there on our website. I do have uh, two blogs. One is called A Word from God One dot blogspot dot com. That is A Word from God One dot blogspot dot com, and this is where I place uh, my thoughts or different things about uh, the Lord or Scripture or whatever it is that I might feel led to put on there. Our second blog is called Partners in Business One dot blogspot. Dot com again that's partners in business one dot blogspot dot com on this blog we share business tips about going into business for yourself uh in my archives, I do have uh two different shows um one about how how to start a business, and I'm talking about it uh through a biblical uh through scripture uh this other one that I have that I did last week. I'm talking about uh, uh, doing a business plan. So I would ask that you would go back into the archives and check out those two uh, that I have on business, as well as uh, this week, this Wednesday, I will be continuing on in the business plan uh, unless I do have someone to um, interview on that day. I do have out two CDs. One is called Secrets. Uh, It sells for about $15. It's a two-disc set. Uh, Secrets is to help bring the healing to the wounded heart that is hidden secrets that have been buried deep within but you are afraid to let go of or to tell anyone about. The other one I call, I give myself away. It sells for $10. And this message, the question is asked, um, do you know how to give yourself away? Is it just a beautiful song or is it something that you do on a daily basis? Can you give yourself like Christ? Gave to the church Uh, Still in progress I'm uh, still working on the end of times 
the teaching series on the uh, last days, on the, in, on the end times, where I'm going to be sharing about the rapture, the Bema Seat Judgment, the marriage of the Lamb, the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist, uh, much, much more. Uh, I'll be sharing out of the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, First Thessalonians, uh, Matthew, because we're actually kind of living in Matthew right now. We're seeing some of the things um, that Matthew speaks about and also uh, in the book of Revelation, and we will also be coming out of First uh, Corinthians also. We, uh, I do have a book coming out by the end of the year uh, called The Secrets Behind the Mask, uh, where we're dealing with secrets, keeping uh, secrets deep down the inside of us of guilt and shame, things that we're afraid that people are going to know about us. This is why we wear the mask, because we don't want people to know who we really are. If people knew who we really were, maybe they would not like us as much or want to be around us or or there are some things that we're really afraid to share. We're going to be talking about family secrets and down-low secrets, and we're going to be talking about uh, secrets and the mask and how to uh, take off that mask, how to get out from up under those secrets. So I pray that you'll be looking forward to this book coming out at the end of the fall. And then I'm also uh, going to announce that I do have my own clothing business, Lady Be Lovely Fashions, where I do carry um, women's clothing. Uh, I carry jewelry. I carry handbags. Soon I'm expecting to carry shoes. So I'm going to ask. Um, I'm still in the process. I'm working on a new website, so I don't have the new information yet for my new website. But stay tuned. I should have that up and running in about uh, less than two weeks. So uh, remember, though, Lady Be Lovely, I do carry uh, wonderful, uh, beautiful, fabulous items, and they're all at affordable pricings. Also, on my blogtalkradio.com slash your word from God page, uh, I ask that you'll go on there and that you will check out all of my other blogs, all of my other uh, affiliates. Uh, there is one that I really want you to check out. Uh, it talks about uh, blood pressure awareness. And this is where you can learn about high blood pressure, uh, uh, how to eat right, how to change your eating lifestyle, your eating habits, about exercising, all kinds of things. Uh, it's, a, it's a good site. I pray that you would go on there and learn a lot of things on this site because it really helps us as a people to stay well and so that God can use us to to the best of his ability. He wants to he wants us to grow in him, but if we're always sick or feeling bad, God can't use us in the way that he would have uh that he would love to to use us. Well, I want to say that the phone lines are now open. Uh, please feel free to call us at 1-818-475-9229. Again, that number is 1-818-475-9229. Well, it is my honor, it is a privilege tonight to introduce a young man to you. I just want to read uh, his bio here. Uh, Minister Timothy Mitchell is a minister singer musician, songwriter, and worship leader who has dedicated his life to serving God. He was raised in the church and discovered that he had a propensity to sing, play, and direct choirs 
at an early age. He received Jesus Christ into his heart at the tender age of 10 and has grown tremendously in his walk with the Lord since his conversion. He has been married for eight years to his wonderful wife, Tiffany, and they have three beautiful children. I believe it's Kaylin, Ty, and Matthew. He has a Bachelor of Science degree in the field of education and has been teaching professionally for three years. So I just want to introduce to some and present to others tonight Minister uh, Timothy Mitchell. Brother Timothy, we are so glad to have you on the show tonight. How are you? I am doing well. It's good to be here. Praise God. Praise God. I've been looking forward to this. I do know that you are an awesome praise and worship leader and so I've been really looking forward to this night. But just got a few little questions I want to ask. You know, sometimes people want to know a little bit about you. And I do see here that you are married to uh, Tiffany, and she could not be with us on this evening. But you're married, and you are the father of three children. Want to tell us a little bit about your family? Right. Um, yes, I am married to uh, uh, the most beautiful uh, lady in the whole wide world. Yes, she is gorgeous. Yes, and um, <laughs> her name is Tiffany. And yes, we have um, three children: uh, Kaylin, Ty, and Matthew. And they are just the joy of my life. Um, hmm. I, I love it. I love um, being a father. I love being a husband. Um, I love you know coming home after work and then having the kids run to me and scream and jump on me and hang off of me and all of these things <laughs> so i love that time um just um spending with them and pouring into them um because i see so much of me in them and um who they can be and so i thank god for them yes definitely i love my family amen well that is awesome to know <laughs> now where are you originally from are you from this area or I, I'm originally from Nacogdoches, Texas, a um, oh, small okay. town, um, about 31,000 people um, there or so, um, and it's um, more east um, mm-hmm. of Texas. And, uh, yes, born and raised there, um, uh, went all of my school age, uh, mostly I was there, and uh, um, all of my family is there. My mom, um, mm-hmm. my dad is in that area, everyone um, is there. So um, yeah, that's it's it's a great it's a great place to to retire, I would say. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I <laughs> but uh, I definitely love Nacogdoches. I definitely go love going back and um, spending time with family. So mm. um, yeah, born and raised there in Nacogdoches, born and raised. Texas. Praise <laughs> God. Now I read where you accepted uh, Jesus Christ as your personal savior at the age of ten. Wow, now that is awesome. At 10 years old, what made yeah. you want to receive Christ at that time? Um, it it literally was a um, conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say that um, I remember that night vividly um, just being in, in a concert and the, the presence of God was so strong in the place. And I believe that I was the first person that, that made my way down the aisle during the invitation um, at Bethel Temple Church of God in Christ, I won't forget it, and um, yeah. the pastor that received me, 
um, and um, walked me through the plan of salvation. And I, I have to say that it was it was God on my life. I believe that it was also the the preparation that um, I had experienced with my parents, with my mom and my dad, and the life that they lived before me that also caused me to um, want to experience what they were experiencing. Wow, wow, praise God, praise God. Well, now, I do know that you are a singer, and I know that you are a minister, and I know that you play a mean piano and organ and keyboard. Now, do you play any other type of instruments, or are those the three main ones that you do? Well, you know, I actually started on the drums. Really? So believe that or not, yes. And and so now at at this point, uh, I'm able to keep a beat. Uh, <laughs> but there's nothing spectacular about what I do on the drums. But uh, I still I still love it. I I still do it if I have to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, so but that was the main thing. I I think I, I I picked up the guitar, the lead guitar, probably for maybe a week or so. Uh-huh. Um, so. Um, uh, not that astute at that particular uh, instrument, but uh-huh. uh, th- those are the only other two instruments that I ever tried to, uh, you know, expose myself to. So right, that, right. that's about right. it. <laughs> so you you just total in the music ministry, one way or the other. <laughs> right, that's now, right. How long have you been uh, singing and playing an instrument? Um, I have been singing and playing um, most of my life. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember um, on the age of seven mm-hmm. or so, um, just kind of sitting at a piano. We had a mm-hmm. piano um, at our house, and I would just sit there and I would do runs, um, mm-hmm. you know, just like the, the regular run, like, you know, I'm a soldier and in the mm-hmm. army of the Lord, Some I can old, remember old just doing song, those runs. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and just doing it over and over. And um, even at that time, you know, just I felt the music in me. But I believe mm-hmm. probably around the age of nineteen was the was the time that I really got serious about um, um, playing. And um, mm-hmm. even I, I was singing much longer. I was more serious about singing quicker than I was about playing. I really mm-hmm. started playing um, instruments, organ and piano, probably around the age of 19. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, um, I know that it was the Holy Spirit that was upon me because I would sometimes, I would practice for six and seven hours at a time mm-hmm. um, every day consistently uh, for some years. And um, so I knew that, that God's hand was um, literally, literally upon me to do that. Yeah. And um, I, I coupled that with my singing as well. Now, um, I, I, I understand, too, that you are professionally a school teacher. Now, how, yes. you've been uh, teaching school for about three years. What grades, yes. What grades do you teach? I teach the fifth grade, um, and my um, core subject that I teach is reading. Oh, okay. I was just gonna. I was yeah. expecting you to say music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, thoughts. Thoughts about that. Yes. <laughs> now I do have a question. Um, you have been uh, singing and playing and everything you said from a very early age. What would you say to uh, a parent who maybe has a young child and they see 
something in them. Maybe um, I believe I heard uh, uh, last Sunday, I believe at church, someone was saying that um, if you see your child beating uh, some, putting some pots together and beating them or or you're seeing them grab a broom and, and, you know, like they're singing. And, you know, is is there something that a parent can look at and see in how to motivate that child into that direction? Uh, give us some points on that. I would say definitely if you see your child um, having – a certain desire to do certain things, maybe play mm-hmm. a certain sport. Um, maybe mm-hmm. they're always carrying around a basketball or they're mm-hmm. always car- carrying around sticks, as my son is. Uh, Matthew, uh, one of the things that I just did, he's um, two years old, uh, mm-hmm. but he carries sticks around everywhere that he goes. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, what I did was I bought him a drum set. I know that mm-hmm. he's just two, but um, – <laughs> You know, I bought him a drum set, and as a mm-hmm. result of that, I have to monitor him as he plays, uh, you know, because, you know, he yeah. is too. But for the most part, um, if you're monitoring him, he's there, he's playing, and he'll play uh, for long periods of time. And some, sometimes he'll call me in there and say, Dad, you know, he just wants me to watch. He wants me to sit there and watch him as he plays. And I believe that when you see something that um, that is possibly – a, a gift or a talent that your child has, I think mm-hmm. that it's our responsibility as parents to um, help nurture whatever that is because the child doesn't necessarily know why they're grabbing the drumsticks. They can't explain to you why they're, you know, um, you know, dribbling the ball. They can't really explain to you why they're always humming and singing around, you know, singing around the house. Um, but but you, as a parent, we should be able to see, you know, uh, beyond where they are in the present into their future and begin to um, plan it out for them. Um, So I think that's very important for us as parents to be sensitive to that and, um, and to discern what our kids love to do. And, and even for the most part, even with that, I want to say, you know, don't force, you know, your children to do something that they do not want to do. You know, they may not want to sing. You may be a singer, but your your child is not a singer. You know, so don't try to force them into doing something that they don't want to do. Find out what they have a propensity for. Find out what they are inclined to love and and, and they love to do, and then um, nurture whatever that is um, in them so that they can be the best at it. Praise God. Amen. That is very good teaching because... um, uh, I have uh, a couple of granddaughters that I know God is going to use them because they both love to sing. I mean, they just love to sing, and um, my daughters both have them each. Whenever they have children's programs and things, they put them in the choirs, and they get them involved in youth ministry because I really see a couple of little anointed singers there, and I'm just praying that uh, that they will follow in the way that God would have them uh, to follow. Now, another question, uh, how does someone know that they have been called uh, to praise and worship or to be a worship leader? I would say um, just as, just as as my son Matthew, mm-hmm. as I was you know talking about him, and mm-hmm. it's what he's inclined to do. And just before 
uh, just a few minutes ago, he was asking me for some straws. He can't find his sticks, so he was asking me for some straws. And mm-hmm. I gave him those straws, and he began to use those as drumsticks. <laughs> so I say, for the, you know, it, it's interesting, very creative. But but using that, you know, to, um, uh, to to correlate with what we're saying as far as praise and worship, it this is something that that God deals with you about on a mm-hmm. on a um on a regular basis. Um and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're called to do it. And we have to step out on faith, step up, begin to do whatever is necessary to mm-hmm. um begin to nurture um what God has called us to. I would say how do we know it's a, it's really a tugging at the heart. It's okay. really a tugging at the heart. And and People want to want some of what you have. In mm-hmm. other words, maybe somebody heard you heard you singing. Someone heard you know um, you know you you walk in and you just sing and they say you know you really blessed me. And, mm-hmm. and then you hear somebody else that begins to say the same thing. You really blessed me in that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, that is an indication that okay that is something that God wants you to move into. Now I'm not saying that we have to have affirmation from. Okay. Um, people alone because we have to be able to go into prayer and allow God to speak to us, and he will speak to us as right. to what direction he wants us to go. But there is a tugging of a heart, and then at the same time, if it, it, it is something that blesses the people, if it is something that, that touches the people or helps the people to experience deliverance or healing in their lives as David did, um, and as he as he played his heart before Saul and the the demonic spirit that was upon him would leave. If you are in a position where that you are not, you have not said, "I'm a praise and worship leader," or "I don't," you know, "I don't want to do that." But when you do do it, there is something that changes in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and that the environment changes, and that people are delivered and people are healed through that. That means more than likely that God has called you to that. And I think that if that is the case, then we must accept what God has called us to and begin to walk in it because that's where our blessings flow. So it's not so much in having a voice or a love for music, but it is being called into that particular position. That's exactly right. And, And I would say this, that I believe God knows whether you have a voice or not. Right. <laughs> so, with that being said, you know, um, you know, God will not call you to something that you do not have the ability to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I believe that now, if God, if you, if you know, you sound, you know, you sound like trash when you sing. That God calls you to that. It's just like you know, God, you know, calling the blue chair green. It'll turn into that. Now, somehow, right. God may work a miracle in that if He's called you to do that, mm-hmm. but. It you know, but it would that would have to be God that called you to do that. And so there are some people that say you know I'm I'm called to do this. I you know, uh, but right you don't have the voice. I believe mm-hmm. that God will put us in the place that uh, we are most affected. So mm-hmm. I don't believe that God will call us to be a praise and worship leader if we don't have the ability to do it. And I think that a voice is very important, but a voice is not the only thing that you um, should have um, in order to be effective when it comes to um, praise and worship. Because I know that there are some people in the choir that don't sing as well as others, but 
they have an awesome prayer life. They have um, an awesome relationship with God, and um, that's a blessing to the to the body as well. So we have to get in where uh, we fit in. But definitely, I believe you need a voice. Definitely. <laughs> well, um, our phone lines are open one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. Minister Timothy is going to just be sharing. Uh, uh, tidbits with us on tonight So if there are any questions that anyone has That they want to talk with him about Or something that you just want to share Give us a call We're going to have a little different uh, broadcast tonight He's not going to be so much sharing in the word But he's just going to share from his experience And give us the word from uh, the things that he has done as a praise and worship leader. But I want you to know tonight that worship is one of the most important aspects of every Christian's life. Uh, Psalms 95 and 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Praise and worship is such a awesome, awesome aspect as for us as Christians because it helps to build our relationship. It, it it lets us come before God, come before the very throne room of God and, and, and just talk with him and just let him know how much we love him. So before uh, we uh, allow uh, Mr. Timothy to continue to share, we're going to share this uh, song with you on tonight uh, by Israel um, uh I'm just so uh, so thankful to have Brother Timothy here. A lot of times uh, when he is up and doing praise and worship, he reminds me, I've often told him that he reminds me of Brother Israel. But I want to play this song tonight because it is such an awesome worship song, and we want to get you into the spirit of praise and worship so that when uh, Minister Tim does speak, that you will be able to clearly understand everything that he is saying. So enjoy to worship you.
praise God. Minister Tim, just go ahead and share some things with us on this evening. Amen. Um, once again, I want to... Um, I just want to uh, thank you, uh, Evangelist, for giving me this opportunity um, to speak uh, to the people. I really appreciate that. Um, it's amazing that the first song that you played was Lord, uh, Make Me Over uh, yeah. by Tone, uh, yeah. because one of the things that God has really placed on my heart just recently uh, was that he wants to reform our mind as to, to as to the way that we look at praise and worship and the way that we present ourselves um before him and um it is it's very important that um though we're lifting our hands and though we're saying amen and saying thank you lord and hallelujah and all of these things that our mind is wrapped around the things of god and what god has um ordained praise for and that it's not just, you know, happenstance. It's not just um, that I'm lifting my hands or um, that I'm saying hallelujah, but there is some type of spiritual representation of everything that we do in the physical. Everything that we do in the physical represents something um, in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And um, there is definitely a need for praise and worship. There is definitely a need for praise and worship, but um, just because there is a need uh, for praise and worship um, does not excuse us as the body of Christ uh, for providing just anything to God. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's very important that we understand, yes, there is definitely a need that we praise God because when we praise God, God inhabits the praises of his people, mm-hmm. and it's important that we worship him because we are to have that intimacy with him. But God is just not accepting any type of praise, and he's mm-hmm. just not accepting any type of worship. In other words, God says that um, I'm no longer in the business of having you just uh, having your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a scripture in Psalms 51 and I actually I actually do have a few scriptures, but I want to read this. I think this is very important for us to know. I want us to remember that there is definitely a need for the praise and worship because we need to be restored, and that's what takes place. When you're really in an, an environment where where the, the, pres, the presence of God has been invoked because of praise and worship, mm-hmm. when you're in that type of environment, it is it – is, um, it is exciting when we see a move of God, when we see people delivered and we see people healed and set free and, and, and spoken to by the Holy Spirit just from being in the presence of God. But there are, there are times when that experience is not taking place. And there is a question as to the reason why we're not experiencing a move of God um, like we like we have um, several times at the church where the, um, um, people are, are holding canes in their hands mm-hmm. that they, they came in the church walking on or, you know, somebody's healed from some type of sickness or God has spoken something to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, those moves of God um, are not necessarily happening everywhere, but they need to be because mm-hmm. we need that restoration. Amen. And so there's a scripture here in Psalms 51 um, that says, I want to start at um, the 16th verse. 
And this is David speaking, and David has been in a situation where that um, he has disobeyed God, and now he's in a place of repentance. And I love this. Um, I really um, want to introduce this to some people, and, and if you already know this scripture, to um, read it on a daily basis, because this scripture is um, David speaking about repentance after um, sinning and missing the mark and um, disobeying uh, what God has called them to do. Mm-hmm. And it says, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. David is saying, I would give you a sacrifice. I would I would slay a lamb. I would um, bring an offering to you, but you don't even want my offering. Um, and, it's, and, and I want to parallel this to us um, giving a sacrifice, offering, uh, lifting our hands, you know, opening our mouths and saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And so here it is. He says, "You don't. You, that's not what you want. He says, thou delightest not in burnt offerings. This is the sacrifice. This is the way that they worship, that they gave God um, their praise and, and their worship. These are one of the forms of that at that particular time. 17 says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. God does not hate it when you come to him in humility with a broken heart and say, God, I have messed up. I'm sorry. The Mm. point that David was making was that I know, God, that you have moved past my my sacrifice. It's not all about me lifting my hands and dancing and shouting before you. You do not only want me to lift my hands and shout. You not only want my sacrifice, but you also want my heart. You want my humility. You want me to be submitted to you. And I think that that is a huge problem in the body of Christ right now, that we have a lot of people that are standing up in the position of praise, as praise leaders and as worship leaders who are full of themselves. We're we're full of ourselves. We're we're full of our own agenda. We're full of what we want to do instead of being full of the Holy Spirit, full of humility, full of the submission of God so that we can get accomplished his job. One of the things that I know that I do for myself um, before I ever get up to do praise and worship, and and I say, God, I, I I decrease that you may increase within me. You know, uh, whatever, gut out anything that is, that's in me that, that that's not like you created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. You know, and so I try to put myself in a position. I say, God, this is not about me. This is about your people. There's somebody in the audience that needs deliverance. There's somebody that needs you to speak to them. And maybe the only way that they would that you could speak to them is in a place of this magnitude where the, when I get up and open up my mouth and begin to sing, because of the anointing that comes with that, that you will speak to that person, that you would heal that person, that you will set this person free just because of a song that 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 wasn't full of me, wasn't mm-hmm. full of myself, but that was full of his anointing and full of deliverance because I said, God, it's not my will but it's your will to be done. And so here it is that we are um, now in a position uh, where, you know, God is saying, you know, okay, um, I see you lifting your hands. I see you, you know, um, dancing around the church, falling out and, you know, and, and hollering all over the place and, you know, bumping your neighbor. And I see all of these going, things going on, but, 
Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Praise God. God says, why, you know, you know, it, it's interesting because God has ordained praise and worship, but has, but, but, but now I think that he's to some degree throwing a red flag at us. You know, we're up, we come on, clap your hands and that kind of thing. But I think it, I think that now he's saying, you know what, um, I need more from you. I want more than just your body. I need your heart. I need your mind. I need your soul. I need your spirit. God is in in the place where he, where he says, "Yes, I I need you to do this. I need you to do praise and worship. I need you to be that leader." But at the same time, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle for mediocrity. I'm not going to settle for the lifestyle that you're giving me, along with you lifting your hands and you singing to me. There needs to be a little more that you give me. And um, so I think that that's very important. One of, the, one of the things that we should remember is that God does need us. He doesn't have to have us, but he does use bodies on the earth to minister to his people, to speak to his people, and, and to, to, to touch their hearts. He uses us to do that, but he will not settle. God wants us to move in excellence. He wants us to pray, to seek him, to fast. Um, before him so that um, we can be prepared to adequately um, minister to his people. There is a, um, another scripture that um, that I, I want to share. It is um, Matthew, the 28th chapter, and um, as I'm talking, I'm just kind of flipping through, but um, Matthew, the um, 28th chapter and the 17th verse, there is a scripture there that I think that is very important um, and I, I believe that um, that God, I know definitely that the Holy Spirit led Matthew to put this here so that we could see um, something interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, here it is. Jesus has died, and he mm-hmm. makes a visitation back to his disciples. Mm-hmm. And there in that 28th um, chapter in the 17th verse, it says that he's there meeting his disciples, um, at a particular place, Jesus has told them to come to this mountain and to meet him there. And these are his disciples. And the Bible says in the 16th verse, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Yes, God has appointed us mm-hmm. to do something. He has appointed us to be a choir member. He's appointed us to be an usher. He's appointed us to be a praise and worship leader. He's appointed us to be a pastor. He's appointed us, you know, uh, uh, to be to be first lady or to do this or to do that. But now there's another level that takes place here. And I want you to see this. In the 17th verse, it says, all of this, the disciples came to Jesus. But then the 17th verse says, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But there's another part of this scripture. It says, but some doubted. Hmm. It says that there were 11 disciples, right. excluding Judas, 11 disciples that came to Jesus. They all worshipped him, which means that every single one of those disciples bowed down before him in a physical manifestation of submission to him. But the Bible says that some of them doubted. Now, that wasn't a physical thing. That was a heart thing. I believe it, that that was placed there for all of us, that God is not just concerned about your posture. 
He's not just concerned about what we can do for him physically. He is concerned about where is your heart. And so here it is, you have all of the disciples that are worshiping him, and it looks like this when we're in church. 100% of the people are raising their hands. Mm-hmm. 100% of the people are saying hallelujah. 100% of the people are saying thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then you have some, you have a great part of the crowd that is possibly doubting even while they're worshiping God. And God says, I can't, I can't do anything with that. I can't work with the doubt that is in your heart, that, that fear that is in your heart, the lack of trust that you have in me. I, it's, it's hard for me to get to you because you're double-minded. I mean, your hands are doing mm-hmm. something and your heart is doing another thing. Holy and so that's, that's, that, is, that's, that is where we are right now. And so, yeah, you know, the person next to me can fool me. That's, you know, evident that they can fool me because they're yeah. doing the same thing that I'm doing. But yeah. we cannot fool God. And could you imagine being God and being in a worship service and seeing everybody dancing around the church, but yet, but yet you can see the foolishness in somebody's heart even as they're dancing? Or you can see the doubt in somebody's heart as they're dancing. Or you can see that this person's mind is, you know, um, is is over at the mall. They're ready to go shop, you know. But yet they're lifting their hands in the sanctuary. And so we have put God in a state where that he is very frustrated because he, he's not confused, but he's frustrated because his people, which he has blessed. And you think about the disciples. Think about who they were. They had walked with Jesus um, three and a half years. They saw him heal, um, you know, heal uh, people that were sick. They saw him raise the dead. Mm -hmm. They saw him, um, you know, speak to people, uh, speak, you know, speak out healing, and healing went to places, and -hmm. and people came back with testimonies. I mean, people bumped into Jesus and were healed, and uh, Mm -hmm. people touched the hem of his garment and, and were healed, and all of these things took place um, while the disciples were in the presence of Jesus, and even in the midst of everything that they saw, they still doubted, is this him? Is this the Christ? Is this? And, and so this is, this is going on in, in our pulpits. We have people that are standing before us that really don't know if God is real. We have people that are leading praise mm-hmm. and worship, and they really don't have that connection with God. Is that they're quite, while they're saying "lift your hands and say thank you," really in their own hearts they are doubting. And God says, "I can't accept it. I can't accept it because I cannot. I, I, you know, I can't work with that. I can't work with a double-minded person. I can only work with people that say yes to me, yes to my will, yes mm-hmm. to what I have called you to do. Yes, I'll die in this thing. I'll do whatever you have called me to do. And it's the person that has totally surrendered themselves to God that God then seeks. I want to go to John, um, the fourth chapter. And there in the fourth chapter you will see that um, Jesus meets a woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And he begins to talk to her. And uh, one of the statements that this woman says to Jesus is she says, you know, we worship over here in this mountain. Jesus right. said to her, he said, you know what? He said, you worship what you know not. You don't <laughs> know who you worship. <laughs> and it's interesting that we are, some of us are trying to worship a God that we don't know. It is impossible. Mm. It is impossible for us to <laughs> worship someone that we do not know. It is impossible for us to worship a God that we have no relationship with. 
And God says, you get up on Sunday morning and you lift your hands to me, but we have not talked all week. Mm. What I want us to see is God is calling for a reformation in the body of Christ in terms of those who are leading praise and worship. We must begin to wrap our hearts around God, around God's will, around God's purpose for our life, so that when we stand up on that stage, we're we're looking for the devil. We're looking for sickness. We're looking for confusion. We're looking for depression so that Mm -hmm. we can deal with those things in the spirit. We can deal with those things under the anointing of God. We can call those things that be not as though they were. And the only way that we can do that is if we get to a place where we are connected with God. We must become connected with him. We must have a relationship with him. And so here it is that we have the disciples. We have this lady here who's saying, we worship on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, you know what? You 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 know, you shake your head with it. You think you know something, but you really don't know who you're worshiping. You know something about that this woman was a Samaritan woman. Right. And the problem with the Samaritans were that they did implement the things of God. Right. They worshiped God. They right. worshiped him. Right. But not only did they worship him, they worshiped idols, mm. which means that they mm-hmm. had this worship with God, and and they said, God, I love you, God, I love you. But at the same time, there was a little little idol over there in the corner. There was an idol in the house. There was an idol in the sanctuary. All at the same time that you were worshiping God, you were worshiping this idol. And Mm. so in their terms, they thought, okay, what I am doing is appropriate worship. Jesus says, no, that's not true worship. He says, true worship is when you worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. True worship is when you worship in spirit and in truth And right before I get there The Bible talks about how God seeketh such to worship him mm. Now when you begin to worship God you, ain't got, you don't have to look for God You don't have to look for a manifested presence of God You don't have to go around and say is God here or not When mm. you really begin to worship God truly God will come find you God will God will come into your space. He will come to where you are. He will come to you. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible says that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want us to see this. With worship, in order for you to worship, there is two houses that you must live in. The first one is spirit, and the second one is truth. <laughs> we must live in a house of spirit and we must live in a house of truth. You cannot just live spirit, but you have to live in a house of truth as well. And mm. so what happens is I want us to see this that in terms of worship, these two houses, these two places that we must be are the place that God communicates with us, that God communes with us. We cannot commune with God outside of the spirit. We can't Commune with God in our bodies So the Bible talks about We receive Christ into our hearts Our spirit was regenerated by the, by the spirit of God That connection with the spirit of God Then gave us the communication That we needed with God We Otherwise we could not communicate with him It was only through the Holy Spirit Regenerating our spirit Because it was dead before we received Christ Amen. Once we received Christ into our hearts The spirit connected to our spirit Woke us up gave us life, 
Then we had a connection with God so that we could go to him and speak to him anytime that we needed to speak to him. So God says, okay, the first thing that you need, you got to be a, you got to be living in a house of the spirit. You got to be living in in that particular house in order to communicate with me. Now, not only that, now you must live in a house of truth as well. So there is a combination here that you must be in spirit, in the house of spirit, and in the house of truth as well. Now, truth deals with God's word. God says you must not only communicate with me, but you must have you must have a relationship with my word. But you must have a relationship. The Bible says that that God's word is truth. God's Amen. word is truth. Amen. God's word is truth. And so what God says a true worshiper communicates with me in the spirit, but Amen. also has a has a life where they, a study life in the Word of God, and so mm-hmm. so this is what causes us to be a true worshiper. Now we now you know I thought worship was you know thank you Jesus Lord I love you Lord I need you and all of these things. No worship is when we find ourselves worship literally when they when it says worship in the Bible what it was talking about was that the people got on their knees. They kneel down before God. God says, okay, now I want you to take it beyond the point of you getting down on your knees, kneeling down before me. I want you to do what you're doing in the physical, in the spirit. So what you're doing in the physical is showing that you're submitted to me. Mm. But you know what? I've seen disciples that kneel down before me, but they still doubt it. Their heart is not with me. But what I want you to do is I want you to not only be able to kneel down before me and worship me in the physical, but I want you to submit your life to me in the spirit. And so when we worship, a worshiper is one who is totally sold out to God. They are a, they, a worshiper is the person that says, I will do anything for your glory, God. I will do anything to experience your presence. I will do anything to be close to you. Whatever it is that you have called me to do is what I'll do. What comes to my mind is is Abraham in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. God had promised him a son. Right. Promised him a son, and then um, God tested him and wanted him to sacrifice Isaac. And so here it is. The Bible says that Abraham did exactly what God said. God said to him, um, I know this is your only son. I know that you love him. I want you to sacrifice him to me. Now, this is really a correlation with what God did when he sent his son mm-hmm. uh, to us. And this this was a, a precursor to that. God wanted us to see that even in the Old Testament. But here it is that you have Abraham who has heard from God. A worshiper can hear from God. <laughs> a worshiper is one who has that connection in the spirit with God. God Amen. speaks to Abraham about sacrificing his son Isaac. Abraham said, okay, he moves, he does exactly what God has called him to do and what God has told him to do. Abraham goes to the mountain, goes to the specific mountain that God tells him to go to to, to uh, sacrifice his son. This is how serious Abraham was. Around the time that the angel spoke to Abraham and told him, hold your hand, he had already wrapped and tied Isaac on the altar. He mm-hmm. was already in a position. Abraham was literally about to sacrifice his son. And this was all because God told him to. Now, some people are saying, you, you know, you have just, you know, lost it. Why would God do that? It was a test. 
God yes, tested Abraham and, and God tested him in that particular area. He wanted to see, do you love me more than your son? I know you've waited all these years for a son. I know you've waited all these years to get this promotion. I know you waited all these years to get this husband. But are you going to worship me or are you going to worship the husband? Are you going to worship me or are you going to worship the house? Are you going to worship me or are you going to worship the car? Who are you going to worship? And sometimes God will put us in those positions to see, okay, what are you going to do? Now, God didn't actually have him to sacrifice his son, but God wanted to see where Abraham's heart was. Not only did he want Abraham to see, he wanted us to see that he has called us to a place that we must sacrifice our lives for God, for Christ. He says a true worshiper is one who literally submits themselves to God and says, God, whatever it is that you desire for me to do, is what I will do. I have to say for myself, I've been here now um, going on um, three years here in Dallas, and God spoke to me sometime when I was, um, some time ago when I was staying in Nacogdoches, what, three years or so ago, and he spoke to me about moving to Dallas. Now, most people around me thought that I had lost my mind. I spent most of my years in Nacogdoches. I was there and been in my dad's church for um uh, over 10 years, over 10, 11 years or so mm-hmm. that I had been there and I'm um, invested in my dad's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were like, are you serious? You know, God spoke to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said, "It's uh, I, I want you to move to Dallas. He actually spoke to me a year before we actually moved. Now, mm-hmm. I could have said, um, you know, I like where I am, God. I'm comfortable where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I, I want to stay here. Mm-hmm. And and I could have missed out on the opportunities and the blessings and the promotions that took place from me moving in the spirit the way God called me to. What am I saying with all of this? What am I, I'm saying is that a true worshiper is one who listens to the voice of God and moves when God says move. Now, we, you know, somebody is wondering, well, what does all of this have with with to do with you standing up on stage, lifting your hands, leading people into worship. Mm. It has all to do with it because what we have thought was worship for a long time is not really worship. Mm. We we have thought for so long that worshiping is just me, you know, saying, Lord, I love you, and lifting my hands to him and waving, mm. and come on, y'all, worship the Lord. But but literally, that word worship is saying that you are totally submitted to God, and 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 it's like whatever that you want me, whatever you want me to do. Now we have we have you know never heard this. It should, this should never be whether we think that we are are praisers. Now some people have said that, but if you look in the Bible, you won't find praisers in the Bible. You will find people who praise God. God never called us a praiser. God called us a worshiper. So, actually, we are worshipers who praise God. So, what we have here, that's why, you know, you know, we, got, we have to get this thing, you know, together. We got to understand, okay, who am I really? God has really called me to be a worshiper. And now, when I understand that I am a worshiper, then I take this thing to another level. 
I understand, okay, there is something more that God requires of me because, you know, but if I was just a praiser, I would be no different from the cow. I would be no different from the plant because the mm-hmm. Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So what would make me different from them? The difference between me and the cow is the fact that I have the ability to, to submit to God. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to to say, yes, God. I have the ability to say, I'll go left because you told me to go left. And that is what God desires the most. God desires someone that will say yes to his will. Um, There is another scripture that that I want to share along with. um, This is 1 Timothy, the second chapter, and um, the eighth verse. And um, that particular scripture just talks about how God desires us to lift our hands, but when we lift our hands, we should not lift our hands with wrath and with doubt. God never wants us to lift our hands in his presence with mess on us. Mm. Sometimes we forget to clean ourselves. Mm. Sometimes we forget to say, Lord, <laughs> I messed up. And mm. we think that we could just come into his presence any kind of way. A true Worshipper understands that when I come into the presence of God, I cannot come just any kind of way. I have to, I have to, I have to ask for forgiveness. I have to ask that God cleanse me. I have to, you know, I have to search my life. The Bible talks about us examining ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. You know, it's not for the preacher to do it. It's not for the pastor to do it. It's for us to examine ourselves to see whether or not we are actually in the place that God has called us to be. And it's interesting that sometimes we don't even realize that we're off track. We don't even realize because we're so clouded by sin or clouded by mess or clouded by all of these things that are going on around us and maybe just the cares of life. It may not even be sin that we have forgotten that we are off track that we have not put ourselves in the position to really lift our hands in freedom to say, Lord, I thank you, and Lord, I love you. Now, God desires that. God desires that we praise him. He desires that we begin uh, to worship him. He desires all of those things, but the first thing is that we must put our heart in order. Our heart has to be in the order that God has called it to be. Now, I said earlier, could, could you imagine just being God and watching the brain activity of people as mm. they served him? You know, I mean, think about, you know, uh, even even Martha in the Bible. The Bible talks about how she was serving God. She was cooking right. in the kitchen, but right. she was just, she was she was acting a fool. She had a, she, yeah. had, she was upset. She was jealous. She was, she was tripping. She was like, you know, um, Mary needs to be in here helping me in this kitchen. And, and right. Martha was in the kitchen. And, and Jesus said to her, he says, you know what? More than you in the kitchen and cooking for me and serving for me, I would that you be at my feet and I would that you worship me more than you cooking for me. Because right now, even, you know, you're serving me, but you're serving me with an attitude. (laughs) And that's some of us, you know. We're serving God. We're worshiping him. We're leading worship, but we're, we're leading with an attitude. Or we got anger in our heart. Or we got hatred in our heart. Or we got some issue at home, and all of these things are in our heart, and then we stand up to tell somebody to say thank you. Hmm. We stand up to tell somebody to say lift up God and clap your hands and give the Most High God some praise. But yet Hmm. in our heart, 
we haven't forgiven somebody from some mess that they've done to us sometime before. Mm. And God says, I see all of this brain activity going on. I see all of these things that are on your mind, that are on your heart. I see all that is going on, all of these things that you are dealing with. And yet, you're still trying to worship me. You're trying to fool the people. You're trying to keep going. When I want you to stop, drop, and begin to worship me and say, God, change me. God, remove me, remove these things from me that cause me not to effectively praise you, to not effectively worship you the way that I'm supposed to worship you. God says, oh, you know, you know, how I want to experience your worship. God seeketh us to worship him. But it is so difficult if our heart is not the way that it's not in the position that it's supposed to be. And I think, you know, that it's it's so important that we get to a place where that we really begin to love God more than we love fame, more than we love fortune, more than we love ourselves. Mm. Sometimes we just like to be on stage so that we can hear people get crunk. You know, we can mm. hear people... You know, we we like the accolades behind standing up before people. And, you know, we like, you know, the position more than we love God. Mm. And God's tired of it. Mm. He's sick of it. And he has called us to, to worship him and to praise him genuinely in spirit and in truth. Mm. And the only way that we can do that is that we have to make that decision to say, God, I want you. I just want you. More than anything else, I want you. I want to know your thoughts, God. I want to be in your presence. I want to hear what you have to say to me. I want to experience your glory, as Moses said. God, I want you more than anything. And that is the place that we have to get to. We got to check ourselves at the door before we even come in and say, is there anything in me that is prideful? Is there anything in me that uh, that is sinful? Is there anything in me that would cause me not to get to your presence? I don't want to be like Samson and get up and try to shake myself and do what I did before and not have the strength to do it. I didn't even know I lost my strength. And that's some of us that are worshiping God now. There were some of us, that is some of us that are upstanding before the people now. We don't even know that we have lost the anointing. We don't even know that we have lost the strength. We don't know it. And we stand up Sunday after Sunday trying to lead people to a place that we are not. Mm. Trying to lead people to a God that we have no relationship with. We're trying to lead people to a place we don't we don't know how to get to ourselves. And so in order for us to lead people, we got to know where we're going as praise and worship leaders. We got to know what direction God wants us to go in. There have been times where I was doing praise and worship and right before we sang, God changed 
the songs. Now, I can't say to myself, this a worshiper, remember, is totally submitted to God. Now, you know, I can't say, you know, well, we didn't practice that song, God. If God says, I want you to sing, I love you, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, if he says that, you know, then I say, no, you know, I, we we plan on singing, we worship you, you know. Yes. He said, no, I want you to sing, I love you, Jesus. And so I have to be in a position where that I say, okay, beyond anything that I'm uncomfortable with, this is the way that God wants me to go. There have been times where we said these are the songs that we're going to do. I stand on the stage, do the first song that we said we're going to do, and then the second song changes. Mm-hmm. It's because God saw a shift that I didn't see. But if I'm in tune with him and I'm in tune with, with his voice, then I hear him. And that's what the true worshiper is able to do. They're able to hear God and submit to him and then execute everything that he has called them to do. That's when you see the shift. That's when you see the glory of God fall like never before. That's when you see people are healed. That's when you see those things take place. When you put yourself in a position to say, God, whatever it is that you want to do in the place, and you, we already know what God wants to see. We already know what God wants to happen in the place. But we have to be submitted as people that stand up as the leader before people, and, and we have to be submitted to God's will and as to what he wants to do. So very important. So very important. (laughs) You know, I was listening to you, and and you were saying that many times we get up and we have stuff in our hearts, and we think that we can take all of that stuff that's in our heart, all that unforgiveness and bitterness, and 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 the you know uh, being angry and and lying and cheating, and and we think that we can get up and usher people into the presence of the Lord. But the most important thing that you said, and actually I want you to know you're getting into my message for next Friday night. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but that's okay. Wow. <laughs> <hear> it again. <laughs> yes. But, but I, I just think it is so important what you said about having a relationship with someone, you know, having that relationship with God. You know, I, I look today, and I've been in the church for uh, all my life, just about, and uh, I, I noticed the, the, the change in, in the church today is that people aren't coming so much because they love God and they want to, as you said, be a worshiper of him. But it's, it seems like today people are coming to be entertained, you know, entertain me. You know, right. uh, now I went to the church over there last weekend, and they had they put on a good show. So what show <laughs> are you going to put on today? It, it's more like, you know, uh, the praise and worship leader is up, and you can feel the presence of the Lord, but you have to constantly uh, repeat things. You know, nobody should have to tell you if you're already in a relationship with God and you're already loving the Lord and you come to church with your heart and your mind on worshiping him and praising him, nobody should have to say, lift your hands. We know that it yeah. happens. You know, we, we know that that happens. But if I'm already in tune with God and, and I've already spent that time with him, the moment I step through the doors of that church, I should already feel the presence of God. I should be walking in with my hands lifted. I should be walking in with a heart full of praise, with a heart yes. of worship, being submitted unto the Lord. I should already be at that 
at that place so that when the worship leader gets up, we're just ushering. You're just ushering us up into the very strong room of God. And it's like you said, then we will have the types of services where the, the bishop or the pastor or the overseer, whoever, can't even stand to minister because right. it's the kind of glory of the Lord just comes in the room. And as our bishop said a few Sundays ago, he said, I don't have need to preach. He said, because the Lord is preaching, because the praise and the worship was high enough that God said, you know what, y'all sit today, I'm going to do this. I'm moving today. Y'all don't have to do nothing. I'm coming down in the midst, and I'm going to uh, 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 make miracles happen. You know, we don't see those days of miracles because we're not living the life. We're not walking in the way. I remember back in my day, back in the church, they used to say, if you don't put anything in, you don't get anything out. And 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 I know I used to be a praise and worship leader, and I would see sometimes, you know, I would have to really kind of pump the people up. But there should not be a point of having to pump people up. Uh, it looks like I may have a call here. Hold on just one second. Hello, you're on the air. Hello? You're on the air. Hello? Yes. Hello, are you calling into Blog Talk Radio? Okay, I guess they didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> but that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, it just comes to a point. I mean, I, I, I love what you're saying about that relationship with God. It is so needed. We cannot expect anything from God if our heart isn't right. And then if you're so full of stuff yourself, you know, how can you uh, uh, um, lead someone else into praise and worship? And and it's just like you said, what must it look like to God? Yes. You know, When 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 the praise and worship leader, or even the praise and worship leader themselves, are holding up their hands and they're saying, oh, "Praise the Lord!" They're saying, uh, "Lord, we love you. We we worship you. We honor you. We praise you. We give you glory." But on the inside, our hearts are so full of mess. Yes. Know? I mean, I, I that that is just an awesome. I mean, that's that that is so awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And and I have to say, you know, there there is a, um, it's it's almost like we have to fight um, to break down down this wall that is literally holding up um, a flood of blessings in our lives um, in, in terms of what God wants to do in our lives. And it's like every time we come to service, there is this wall that we have to break through in order to get that flood of blessings to take place. What would it be like if we would come into the church as true worshipers? And and this this is what I you know wanted to get at when it came to true worshipers. Now a true worshipper is one who is totally submitted to God. One of the things that a true worshipper is they know the word of God. They know the truth. They worship in spirit and in truth. So they worship in spirit where they're hearing the 
God communicate to them, but also through truth. Well, the truth of the word, there are commands in the word of God. One of those commands is that we praise him. A true worshiper then is not is not predicated upon whether they feel like praising him or not. A true worshiper will praise God just because he said praise God. And so here... As a true worshiper, we are one, if we're so totally submitted to God, God says enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, we may have a headache, but I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving just because he said for me to do that. A true worshiper will say, will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. A true worshiper could be dancing around the church and be just was diagnosed with cancer. And it's only because they're praising God because God has commanded it, which means that their environment, their their atmosphere, those things that are around them, those situations and circumstances do not affect a true worshiper as it does someone who is not a true worshiper because we have put ourselves in a position where we said, I'm going to do everything that God has called me to do and told me to do no matter what I'm going through. That's why you have some people that could praise God for hours and you have some people that only can praise God for a couple of minutes, and they're done. It's because they're not a true, they're not no true worshiper. If I gotta keep pumping and priming you to do what God commanded you to do, right. and this is to be honest with you, even though God commanded me to do it, I do it just because God is a good God. I do it just because God is awesome and God is great. Now I do it because He told me to do it, but God don't even have to command me to praise Him because Amen. when I look back over my life and I think about everything that He has done for me and how He saved my soul and and how He blessed me and took care of my family and protected us and 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 watched over us and watched over our children, it provokes a praise down on the inside Amen. of me, and I believe that that is the place that we must get to. When a true worshiper gets into the presence of God, it is not about anything else but God. It's not about anything else. And I thought that was so interesting that you talked about how Bishop said that, you know, God is God is preaching today. The Holy Spirit is preaching. Yeah. When you are in, that, that that's a true statement. When you are in the presence of God, God will speak to your situation. That's right. God will speak. We, we don't see things changing in our lives. Well, God hadn't spoken to you. Well, the problem may be not that God is not speaking. It may be that you're not in his presence. You have not put yourself in a position to hear from him. There have been many times, many times where I was in worship or I was um, praying before God was seeking him, that he would begin to speak to me about my situation. He would speak to me about where I was. He would speak to me about where I needed to go so that I could um, you know, uh, get this thing taken care of, or he would speak to me about the direction that I needed to go in so that I could be successful. And when you are a true worshiper, I want to keep going back to this because I want us to get this about a person that is a true worshiper. You submit yourself to him, and whatever God's will is for your life is what you is what you do. Jesus said it in the wilderness, not my will be done, but your will be done. That is a worshiper. One who says, you know what, because... This is what you have commanded me to do, God. I will do it. Jesus was a true worshiper. He he not only preached about it, but he lived it. And that's what we have to do. We have to be that true worshiper. We have to say whatever it is that you want me to do. That's why it goes beyond praise in terms of being a true worshiper. It goes beyond just praising God because there's so many other commandments that God has, has spoken. And not only that, but 
us being connected to him in the spirit, when God speaks to us in the spirit about doing things, we're obedient and we're submitted to that as well. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, which means that God is still speaking even beyond his word that we read every single day. So a true worship is not only connected to his word as the truth, but it's also connected to his spirit. So when God says go take that $20 and hand it to that lady over there in Walmart, a true worship a true worshiper will submit to God and do exactly what he told them to do. God mm-hmm. says, I need you to go over here, and this is this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to this particular place, and I need you to do this, A, B, and C. You do exactly what he has told you to do because that's what a true worshiper does. They are totally submitted to God's will. So the question is, why am I not seeing the, the, the blessings? Why am I not seeing the glory of God? Maybe we're in a place of disobedience. Maybe we're in a place where that we don't want to submit. We don't want to give ourselves up. We don't want to say, you know what, God, whatever you want to do in my life, because we don't trust anybody else with our life. I trust my mm-hmm. own self with my life. Mm-hmm. I know what I can do with my life. Right. But I don't know if I could trust God with my life. Mm-hmm. But God is the one who gave you life. He invented life. He is. He is the one that has life, and he gives it to us more abundantly. Who else to give it to? Who else to trust it, our hearts with, rather than God, rather than God? Well, we're going to go ahead and do another song here. Our phone lines are open. Uh, the number here is 1-818-475-9229, and we pray that you uh, enjoy this song. The song we learned in Zimbabwe. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Sing it again. Hello. 
Is there something that you want to share with us on tonight? How do you like to sing? How do you like to sing? How do you, how do I know you can sing? Hello? All right. Well, we lost that caller, but even, hopefully they'll call us back. Say hello. Oh, okay. Right here. Hey, Katu. 
Hi, man. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you guys for listening. You're welcome. One more wants to ask you a question about the service. Okay. Hey, Uncle Tim. Hello, how are you, Tiffany? Say hello to Tiffany. Say hello. Hey, Uncle Tim. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you guys for thank you guys for listening and supporting. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Evangelist uh, Hagler, this this is my sister. Uh, uh, this is actually the sister that's right under me. I'm actually the oldest, and um, Tamara is um, right under me. Uh, yes, ma'am. Well, I appreciate you uh, calling into this show, and it's a awesome pleasure to have your brother on this show. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, we just we're gonna continue to listen, and uh, y'all have a blessed night. Oh, okay, thank you right. so Talk much. You later, Phil. All right, <laughs> thank bye you bye. for listening. Love you too. God bless bye you. Bye bye. God oh, bless like you we all. We have another call here. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. This is uh Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Uh, <laughs> How are you doing? I just wanted to let the mention I, I really enjoyed what um, he had said on tonight. Uh, a lot of people don't really grasp the concept of how important praise and worship is, and uh, I just I really appreciate that you know you guys had this segment on tonight just for just sharing that because worship is just I I remember being a, a teenager and my mom leading praise and worship and. At the time, I didn't have that understanding, and I was like, "Uh, why are we doing worship songs? I'm so bored. Let's pick up the pace." And then one day, it just clicked. It, I was like, "Wow, worship is so awesome!" And just like being in His presence and and just bowing down before Him, and 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 you know, even it gets so deep sometimes that you know, next thing you know, people are singing and worshiping in tongues and. And so many people just don't grasp that concept, so I really appreciate this segment on tonight. Praise God. And this is my daughter, Minister Tim. This is my daughter, who is aspiring okay. praise and worship leader. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So uh, did you have any questions for uh, Minister Tim tonight, Tammy? I don't, I don't have any questions. I mean, he just... He hit it on the head, just boom. He just let it go, and he let God use him, and he just said what needed to be said tonight, and I just really appreciate it. Praise uh, God. Did you learn some things so tonight? I did, and I, I really enjoyed it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, sweetie, for calling, okay? Okay. I love you. Bye-bye. Right. Let me see you. Bye. Praise God. Well, we've had family to call in. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, we you have know, about I, 23 minutes left, so I just want you to uh, continue sharing just a little bit, okay. brother. Is something else that you have on your heart? Yes, I, I think that what your uh, what Tammy said really uh, kind of brought some things to mind uh, mm-hmm. for me. And um, one of the things is that when you really get to a place where that you are 
in line with God and you're totally submitted to him as a worshiper, then you provoke a presence of God that you could literally almost live in. Mm -hmm. And she was saying something that when you get into the presence of God, time is not a factor. I mean, two hours will pass, you know, like two minutes. Three hours will pass, like three minutes. It's because when you're in the presence of God, God is literally engrossed in eternity. And so when eternity comes down and begins to experience, uh, you know, there is the time. There is no time anymore because now you're in a place of eternity. You're in the growth, in the engrossed presence of God. You are now in a place where that anything could happen, any miracle could take place, and there is nothing like being in the presence of God. There is nothing like invoking that type of presence in the place, and then just laying before Him, and He speak to you for hours. He speaks to you. He he talks to you. He 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 heals you, and all of these things take place as you're in His presence, laying before Him, experiencing Him. And so I think that's very important. That is the place that God has, that God wants us to get to. He says, "I want to be with you. I want to love on you. I want you to experience my glory. Put yourself in the position so you." so that you can be the conduit that I feel, or you can be the container that I feel with my presence. I want you to experience my presence. I want you to experience my glory, but I just don't feel, I don't feel any type of pot. I don't feel any type of container. I feel a container that is ready for my glory, that is ready to to hold this revelation, that is ready, that is not leaking, that is not, Leaky, that is not broken, that is not doubtful, that is not in a place of, you know, wondering whether or not God is real. Mm-hmm. But somebody that says that I'm totally submitted to you, that is the vessel that God wants to use. And so when we say I worship you, we're literally saying yes to your will, God. Whenever we say I worship you, Lord, you're saying I'm submitting myself to you, God. Wow. Whatever it is that you want to do in my life, and that's when we experience a glory that we have never seen before. Um, I think that it's so important that we say, yes, God. We say, yes, God, I surrender to your will. I surrender to your way. Whatever it is that you want to do, just think, had Jesus said no to dying on the cross, which would have been a disobedient act to what God called him to do, but because he was a true worshiper and he said yes, and yes to the will to die for mankind, when he did that, he literally put himself in a position to experience a glory that he had never experienced before. The Bible says that Jesus got up with all authority in his hand. He got up with all power in his hand. What are we missing out on? What blessing are we missing out on? What authority are we missing out on? What glory, what power are we missing out on just because we did not say yes, because we looked at where we were in the situation that we were in, and we felt like we couldn't make it. But if God says that you can do it, if God says to do it, then as a true worshiper, it is our obligation to say yes to his will. And so, yes, worship is our intimacy with God. But how could you ever be intimate with somebody that you don't know? It's impossible. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. It is virtually impossible to be intimate with someone that you do not have a relationship with. Mm. So God says, I want to be intimate with you. And the only way that that will happen is if you submit to my will. And I want everybody that is listening to please to 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 hold on to that uh, particular concept, that that particular word, that particular truth, that those that worship him must worship him in spirit. They must have that relationship with him spiritually and that they must have a relationship with God's word. We must study God's word. Those that are true worshipers, have tore up Bibles. I mean, because you're just flipping through it, you're looking for scripture, you're looking, you're hungry. You know, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God is looking for people that are hungry for Him. True worshipers are hungry, just hungry for a word, hungry for a move of God, hungry for the presence of God, hungry for revelation, hungry for the bread of life. And a true worshiper is just hungry. I'm just hungry. I just need God. You see these people coming to the church. They're the ones that you were talking about, Evangelist Hagler, that have their hands lifted up when they come in. You don't have to pump and prime them. I came ready. I came with a, with an empty vessel ready to be filled. Right. And so we have to we have to be in that position where we are totally hungry and thirsty for God. Bible says it talks about how blessed are those that are poor in spirit. It's not that you poor in your finances that you yeah. got a negative bank account. It's that you in your spirit you say, God, I need you more than I ever needed you before. I need you, and even if I got a million dollars in the bank, I still need you. I can't make it without you. I can't, you know, I can't do anything. I can't move. I can't have my being without you. I need you in my life. And sometimes we can have a million dollars in the bank, and we don't. We need revelation, you know. And you can't pay for revelation, mm-hmm. but you can. You can go to a God who has the revelation, and who can bless you, and who can heal you, and who can speak to you in the middle of the night. When your problem is not finances, when your problem is not debt, your problem ain't sickness. But if you worship him, he'll deal with whatever situation that you need to be dealt with because God wants us. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in good health. Praise God. You know what I like, too, is sometimes we don't even have to just go to God for what we need or what we want. Sometimes it's just all about just because we love him. It's just like yeah. being with your spouse. You know, you want to spend time with that spouse. You you love that spouse. You always talk about that spouse. You think about them. You know, you want to do for them. It's it's the same thing with God. Sometimes we don't want anything. Sometimes it's, it's not because we need anything. Sometimes it's just because, Lord, I love you. I mean, I love you, Lord, and I just want to just let you know how much I love you. Uh, sometimes your husband or your wife might bring you home something special or take you somewhere special or do something just out of the out of the ordinary just because they care, just because they love you. When you just go to God just because you love him, those blessing windows start opening up. Because God said, you know what, you have just loved me so much. You have just honors me so much. I just want to do something for you. And then sometimes it's a little thing. We don't even know, where did this come from? You know, how did I get this? How did this door open? How did that door open? It's all because you just went to God just out of pure worship from the heart. 
not wanting anything from him, just because you love him. Hallelujah. I mean, it is so awesome. It is so powerful to to be able to have that one-on-one relationship with God. You know, we're so good about naming, you know, uh, what they say, uh, name dropping. You know, I know so-and-so, and I know... Um, uh, I know President Obama, I know Bishop so-and-so, I know uh, this singer, I know that singer. But how many of us brag uh, about how we know God, uh, the creator, the, 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 the lawgiver, the most awesome, awesome being in the universe? We know God, the creator. And as our bishop spoke this morning about our testimonies, we say everything else, but we don't talk about the goodness of the Creator of what He has done for us. All the powerful, wonderful things that God has done in our lives. If we but, as you say, spend that time, have relationship. See, God is not a God. He's not a one night stand God. God is a lifetime God. You know, he's, he makes a commitment, and he makes that commitment for a lifetime. He doesn't just love you and leave you. He loves you forever. And who would want to serve someone like that? Who would want to serve that kind of God? Minister Tim, I just want you to just pray a prayer over the radio audience. Uh, some will hear tonight. Some will hear through the archives and on demand, but there might be somebody out there that doesn't know the Lord. And I just want to for you to pray a prayer for those uh, who don't know the Lord to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and how beautiful it is to receive our Savior. Amen. Father, we thank you and we glorify your name. Father, we thank you. For this opportunity to be in your presence, God We thank you that there is no better place to be Than to be in your presence To experience your glory, God Father, we thank you that you have given us a mouth to speak to you, God We thank you that you have given us hands to raise to you We thank you that you have given us sight to see. We thank you that you have blessed us with those things that we need to give you glory and to give you praise, Father. But even if I had 10,000 tongues, it would not be enough to give you the praise that is due to you, God. You are an awesome God. You are a mighty God. I pray right now for the audience tonight, God, that those that are are listening, God, that you would touch their hearts, that you would penetrate their hearts, God, that you would speak to them, Father, that this was even a worship experience within itself, God, that you would touch them, Father, in a way that they've never been touched before, that they may... They may bow before you, Father, not only physically, God, but spiritually, that they would say that I would submit myself to you, God. I pray submission upon the audience today, God, that we see the importance of saying yes to your will, lifting our hands, God, and saying, you know, it's not about me, but it is all about you, God. I ask right now, Father, that every heart, Father, would become broken and humbled. And that we would walk in a place, Father, that we could be uh, filled by you. 
that we could be touched by you, God. We thank you, God, that you sent your son. We thank you that you sent Jesus to be a representation, Father, that we may see how to walk, that we may see how to talk, that we may see how to worship you. And how to give you true praise, God. We thank you, God, for sending your son that died for our sins, changed our lives forever, God. I ask right now, Father, that those, Father, that may be listening or may be listening later, God, that you would prick their hearts. We know that it's nothing that we can do, but it is the Holy Spirit that convicts the heart. And we ask right now that the Holy Spirit would convict someone, Father, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, God, yes, someone yes. that just stumbles up upon, up, uh, you know, stumbles upon this particular link, God, and just clicks on it. I pray that you would touch their heart, that you would yes. change them, Father, that they would have a worship experience with you like never before. God, we yes. thank you. We give your name glory. We give you honor, Father. We bless your name, Father, just because you're good, just because you're an awesome God. We need you in our lives, God. We just love you. We adore you. We magnify your name, God. Father, when we have nothing else, Father, when we don't have, we didn't have anything. If I didn't have anything to give you, God, I could at least give you me. I could give you my praise. I could give you all of me, God. And so now I give you the honor. I give you the praise. And I thank you, God. We thank you. We give you glory, God. We give you honor, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Mr. Tim, we have enjoyed the word of God from you on tonight. I believe I'm going to become a better worshiper uh, from just listening to the things that you had to say. I'm going to go back in and re-listen to this um, message. It is such a powerful, anointed, and on-time word from God. I mean, uh, just to be able to just go back in and listen to it so that when I start going, when I go back to church next week, that I will come in and, and just be begin to just lift my hands and worship the Lord without the praise and worship leader having to, to prod me or, or, or pump me up. But I do it because I love him. And I want to say yes. thank you so much. It has been such an honor and a privilege to have you on the broadcast this evening, you are an awesome young man. I thank God for your ministry there at our church, at Day Springs Family Church in Irving, Texas, up under the leadership of Bishop Kevin and Pastor Sonia Dickerson. Uh, you are just a godsend. Uh, we, we've always had an awesome uh, uh, music department, but God has brought you in and just has added even uh, even more special touches to our, our ministry of music, and we thank God for all of the work that you do. You have really uh, just blessed my soul uh, every time you get up to minister the Word of God. And I would say to the audience, if you ever want to contact uh, Minister Tim, uh, you can email me, or I better yet, Brother Tim, you have an email address that you can give them? Yes, I do. It's, um, it's Timothy T. Mitchell at live dot com and it's Timothy T I M O T H Y T is my middle initial and then Mitchell M I T C H E L L at live which is L I V E dot com anytime. Amen, amen. Well, I'm telling you, it has truly, truly, truly been a blessing. 
to have you on the show tonight. I hope that we can get you uh, back on again soon. Um, we just thank God for you. Uh, it has just been such a blessing, radio audience, and I pray that you will uh, get a chance to email uh, Brother Tim and just let him know how much you did enjoy uh, this message on tonight. I'm. Uh, he told me he did not have a sermon, but I'm telling you, he preached the Word of God here for us on tonight. I believe that all of us who have heard the Word this evening are going to be better worshipers. He said that we weren't necessarily praisers, but that we are worshipers of God. And I tell you, this has just been an awesome, awesome time. Um, once again, I want to say uh, tune in to my uh, business show on Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. And um, uh, for any of you that have a business or ministry and you want to be interviewed on my Wednesday show, um, email me at a word from God 3 at AOL.com. Again, Minister Tim, thank you so much for being a part of uh, a word from God tonight. We truly were blessed by your word. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in to a word of God. We're going to go out tonight on the song Angus Die or Hallelujah, the Lord God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah. This is one of my favorite praise and worship songs. I think it's by Michael W. Smith. And just enjoy this as we go off of the air on this evening. Uh, this is your radio hostess, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for him. And see you next week. And good night. God bless you all. Thank you, Brother Tim. Thank you.